Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Prime Subjective, a Star Trek podcast. I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm sorry. I'm going to get out of my <laughs> 90s DJ voice. That was welcome like three different Subjective. voices. That was awesome. I, I loved it. Welcome roll, to the roll, Prime roll, roll, Remix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> welcome to our nasty cam of the Prime Subjective. No, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to really uh, eliminate that character from my, uh, my being. <laughs> The Prime Subjective is Star Chris Trek Newcomer and the Wombat. <laughs> it's the morning zoo. <laughs> on the rise of the day on your commute to hell. I mean, work. Um, uh, anyway, okay, I'm going to stop that. People right now are like, this show has changed, man. This show has totally changed. <laughs> Welcome to the Prime Subjective, a Star Trek podcast where we are delightfully recapping. Uh, we have been recapping Discovery, but today we're talking about uh, Star Trek Picard, Season 2, Episode 2, and the title of that episode is Penance. Um, and I'm very excited about that. I think we're all enjoying uh, discussing uh, uh, Picard. But before we get to that, let's start with my favorite segment, uh, How You Doing? So we're starting with Carrie Coleman-Hinners. How are you doing, yeah. Carrie? I'm good. I uh, just woke up. <laughs> um it is six o'clock in the early evening i so <laughs> i i am a little disoriented when i first wake up so this is fun am i still dreaming is this real reality is it not uh yeah. my uh my sister-in-law was over and we like to do thrift shopping that's our thing that we do together we go to i take her to all the thrift stores in the area <laughs> and um Get some pretty good deals. Got some good deals today. Good deals. I love that. That sounds like yeah. a lovely afternoon. Thrift yeah. store and a nap? What could be yeah. better? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I am retired. <laughs> I'm pre, pre-retired. I'm pre-retired lifestyle. Well, buying, t- ki- buying toys for my grandkids at the Goodwill. <laughs> And by that mean to- toys from Sweet Marcy? Is are you buying toys for the for the babe? No, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. I I was she was she was buying toys. I was looking for things I could break and put back together. That's what I do. When I'm at because the art. Store. Yeah. Because art. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on. Jay Nim, how are you doing? Well, I mean, not to be profane, but there's a window in my apartment I cannot close. Now is that a metaphor for some un, un, un drama that? No, never... I just I just wasn't I just wasn't being profane. <laughs> oh my god! I was just okay. being very family friendly and clean. What's going on? Just being mundane. I ca- copy that. Copy mundane. That. <laughs> yeah, not profane. I like that. No, no, I wasn't being profane. <laughs> Are you trying to make? Is this a pun that uh, that's going it's a over? Bit, my head? It's a bit of some some form. Or it's a bit that only Jay knows about. It's going really good though. I, like, no, I just, I I like just didn't want to be profane. I mean, <laughs> no, 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 that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, on that, I love non secretory humor. <laughs> it's good. Hey, Michael Henley, how are you doing? I don't know if I can follow that. I'm great. I'm great. Um, you know, I uh, it's a. Uh, it's uh, you know uh, I'm I'm going back to my after two years I'm going back to my workplace next week so that's uh, you know uh, fun also kind of scary but also sure fun fine for at least a couple days a week um, but also that's really kind of gotten me a chance to kind of get out of my shell a little bit and just like well I'm gonna start saying yes to like being invited to stuff again I, guess, I love that 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, we were just uh, talking offline. I'm going to a brunch on Sunday, which I'm super excited about. Um, yeah, no, things are good. Think, 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 things are great. Yeah. Good. Good. I'd love to hear that. Maybe you'll um, finally accept my invitation to go ding dong ditch some neighbors. Yes. <laughs> you know, that is, it's that time of year, you know, that's bringing the kids out of the woodwork. It's a little nice mm-hmm. and warm. I mean, that's a yeah. good, good time mm-hmm. to find a big uh, flaming bag of poo on your doorstep uh, <laughs> and then try to put it out and find out it's shit in there. That's, um, yeah. Yeah. that's mm-hmm. called being alive. And I love that. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking mm-hmm. of being alive, Chris Newcomer, how are you doing? How am I doing? <laughs> Well, I'm doing great. I uh, <laughs> I uh, I decided uh, last week that I was gonna give my to take some take a little vacation time without actually planning a vacation. So I'm off on Thursday and Friday. So right now, as we're recording on Wednesday uh, late hey. afternoon, and I am basically off. My weekend is beginning. So I'm I'm feeling great. You guys are catching me just like pre happy hour vibes, which is great. Ooh, That's awesome. Um, so I'm. Is doing it Friday? Time. It it's feels Friday? like Friday. It's, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's your Friday. But it, yeah. It's my, my Friday. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Friday somewhere. It's the two-year two anniversary of, of starting the job I'm currently at, um, which started on March 16th. So I walked in, got a laptop, said hello to people, and then have been working from home ever since. So it's been a oh, very geez. interesting journey. Oh, man. Um, and I'm very happy to still have a job and to be enjoying that job. And so I'm just sort of celebrating that by not doing that job for two days. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, well, back to the the, the the task at hand, which is to talk about Star Trek. I do believe I have a little Star Trek in the news. I don't know if you do, Carrie. Yeah. No, you take Ooh. it away. Great. Take it I've, away, Chris. They've announced, so you know, they have the new Strange New World series, which is um, following Captain Pike uh, and, that, and that whole crew of people. But they announced that there will be a James T. Kirk on that series. <gasps> and it will be played uh-huh. by... Um, by uh, Paul Wesley, who you may know from, let's see, what is he in? Previously, one of the leads of The Vampire Diaries. And he oh. also he starred in Tell Me a Story for Paramount Plus uh, CBS oh. All Access. Oh, it's so nice be... when they recruit in-house talent. Yeah, I know, they're... right? <laughs> well, it feels very much like it's like, what is this, the 20s? He's like, hey, we've got him on contract for three more years. Put him in that strange new world picture. <laughs> I... Get him in front of L.D. Mayer, too sweet. I could see him. I looked up his picture. I could see him as I could see him as a as a Kirk. He's got a Kirk type. I, I don't. Yeah. I'm not familiar with his work, but just visually. Sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the, the chiseled jaw, the good features. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Describe him as a tomato-based Italian dish. Um, uh, he... A smooth marinara. A yeah. Smooth marinara. Just a, you, know, you know, a an, an expected an, an expected marinara. Like yeah. just as you expect a marinara to appear and look on top of. Um, some perfectly cooked pasta, maybe a little uh, like, uh, like like some penne or linguine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there you go. No. So, so to be it. enjoyed by a whole family at a dinner table. Yeah, yeah. To, not yeah. not a lot of objections coming up. It's like oh, everyone kind of into this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a meal you settle for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm done. I have nothing against Paul Wesley. I don't even know what he looks like. I, I know. know about this announcement before it happened today. I have no opinions about it. I, I'm just messing I, was so, I got distracted looking at pictures of handsome men on the internet. I well, been there talking. <laughs> and um, I'm happy with all the cast- lasagnas. 
Yeah, so far the casting on Lower Decks I have been uh, cool with. I love the uh, Christopher Pike, uh, what the heck is his name? His name is flying out of my head. Anson Mount. Mount. Anson Mount, yes, very easy on the eyes. I think he's great, but like an actor like seamlessly into that role, like I I love it. And I'm the only person I'm not 100% convinced on is Ethan Peck, who was on, featured on Discovery often as Spock. Son of Gregory. Um, I'm not con- son of Gregory. Son or grandson? Son? Uh, grandson. Oh, grandson. Grandson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm not, I'm not 100% convinced on him, so that'll yeah. take me a little bit longer to uh, get to it. I think, I think you know, because Leonard Nimoy is so iconic, it's such a hard role to fill. Mm-hmm. But I love Zachary Quinto as Spock. I thought Zachary Quinto was amazing as Spock. So I guess He's I was hoping cool. for more of a. Hmm, Eastern European type kind of character okay. <laughs> rather than a, uh-huh. I don't know, classically Greek. Copy that. <laughs> okay. I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I would, yeah, yeah because, I, I, because I've thought about this a lot, actually, come to think of it. Um, like just the Spock's, the Spock smolder, I think, just kind of yeah. missing. Mm-hmm. Heck, basically. Yeah. Zach, with Zachary Kinto really bit. had, I thought. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I need. We there's see. time to be convinced. There's. I'm leaving yeah, well then, myself open to be surprised. Well, and they're doing the same thing they did to us with Discovery and Picard, where these these seasons, I believe, are overlapping. The end of Picard yeah. and the beginning of yeah, like one or two episodes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So What's just up so with that. Be over. They don't want us to forget. They don't want us to forget this. Star Trek. I mean, it's it's just a, it's a Paramount Plus uh, tried and true method because that's what they've been doing with RuPaul's Drag Race as well. They're like, just uh, as you're finishing season 14, we've got Drag Race Holland and now yeah. Drag Race All Winter uh, Season. I mean, okay. it's just a lot of yeah. Drag Race going on. So, um, which is not diluting the product at all. Paramount, um, CBS, <laughs> CBS. Yeah, <laughs> Paramount and CBS are. Same Paramount merged with CBS, or CBS was always Paramount. How did that think, work out? I think they, they were, merged or, yeah, they were, yeah, like the way. from what I know, like CBS bought some stuff from Paramount, like Star Trek, mm-hmm. basically, and then they slowly, slowly creeped towards merging back, and now they fully merged. Yeah, again. So. my, my uh, opinion of CBS shows <laughs> other than Star Trek. Is I think about them like everybody loves Raymond and oh, you what mean else the, is on the sitcom for the Midwest sitcom, sort of you know, sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Sure. and and it's like this show is not good. Let's leave it on the air for twenty years because sure. eventually people it's, will just watch yeah. it because they'll need to watch it. And it's, it's just sort of like it's just sort of like a comedy about someone's life, but it's not really yeah. funny. It's just kind of someone's yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But, but it's, it's not that it's not just that it's that they leave it on the air for so long. That's yeah. the part of that's the part of the recipe. That's the most important. Does part anybody of have well, a good Ray they're... Romano impression? Because I always love when people try that. I've been stuck inside this box for twenty years. I'm in a syndication, ma. I mean, it's a very. I really want to break my contract, but they have they have some real blackmail material on me please help you know i feel like two different things happen with those kind of shows that we're talking about one like you'll sometimes think of an actor and be like oh i haven't seen that person one in forever like what are they doing now it's like oh they're actually the lead of this cbs show that's been on the air for 17 years like oh okay i didn't know that and the other and the other thing is uh you know there are people that and this is this is not a slam on people it's just that you know culture is very like 
fragmented right now. Yeah. It's very, you know, like there's no monoculture anymore. But you, you run into people where you're basically just like, what's your favorite show? My favorite show is like this long running thing on the CBS. The Big Bang like, Theory. It's called well, no, it's no, but, but it's even stuff where I'm basically just like, I got to be honest with you, that's your favorite. I didn't even know that was a show. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know what show you're talking about at all. I've instantly judged you as having Hogan's nothing else hair. to do with No, no judge. No judge. Just... <laughs> no, I know, I know. Also, <laughs> to me, it's like when I was growing up, CBS Channel 2, I don't know how you feel about this, but Ch CBS was Channel 2. And mm -hmm. then that was the very, it was the very first channel. And then Channel 3, that's so that you could input from video to, sure. to, right. to DVD. That's right. Well, he, and then there was all area. the other channels. So in my mind, CBS is like so far on the other side of the input channel. I can't, it's I can't the go gap. there. It's across, it's across the, gap. the gap from all yeah. of the channels. So I can't go to it. <laughs> <It's> like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redirect us back to the... the... <laughs> Get it. No, I love this. I love a lively conversation about the death and life of the modern American sitcom. But <laughs> we are here to talk about Star Trek uh, Picard season two, episode two, Penance. I'm going to do a little bit of a recap. Uh, my friends are going to pepper in uh, their thoughts as we go, and we're going to go from there. So, <clears throat> uh, and once again, I've gotten um, a great recap from Sam Stone over at CBR.com. He really puts it in a nice, succinct way. Um, after enjoying a period of peace and taking their lives into new, interesting directions, Jean-Luc Picard and his friends were confronted by the resurgent Borg Collective, with seemingly resurrected Borg Queen at the helm. And just as Picard, Picard believed he endured certain death to prevent the Borg from assimilating Starfleet, he found himself face-to-face -face with his longtime friend and enemy, Q, in a new vision of reality with a decidedly more ominous edge than the home, uh, more edge, um, than the home he briefly left behind setting the stage for season two. So as Picard acclimates to this twisted vision of reality, noticing Earth's climate is struggling, a more sinister cue confirms that he not only intervened, but that his latest challenge to humanity uses Picard himself as its foundation. When Picard realizes that something has personally gone wrong with Q, uh, the omnipotent being reacts harshly before touring uh, Picard through his new home. He then reveals that Picard is this reality's most bloodthirsty decorated officer in the Confederation of Earth, presenting him with a trophy room of all his fallen enemies. Um, Q enigmatically implies this timeline serves as Picard's penance, and he will have to offer his forgiveness to someone to rectify things uh, this time. Now, they, were, they, they packed a lot into that, that uh, opening uh, segment with Picard and wow. Q. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. What do we think? So, okay, so I'm glad because like I watched this and I felt like I needed a sanity check if only because there's so much I mean Star Trek shows have done a lot where like there's so much like little like references and not and also it's like it's like little it's like young me basically and like it's Patrick Stewart and John Delancey in the same scene again like a million stars I want to give this yeah. and then there's the more critical part of me that wants to be just be like yeah but is this show is this scene good and I wanted to be like this scene is great like this oh. scene is awesome. Um, and I mean just the performances are great and i love the sinister edge that 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 just delancey gives everything honestly this is an angrier cue and like they even reference it like this is a this is an unwell cue that picard mm -hmm. says like there's yeah. the you yeah. know he loses train of thought for a second he looks weakened slightly like something is off so he's angry and injured somehow and mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. creates this really off kilter time that he hits picard yeah, yeah. slaps yeah. him that yeah. blew my mind. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, sorry. Carrie. OJ. 
Well, the interesting thing about Q is that he's not out trying to save humanity, for example. He's singularly focused on Picard. He's got this thing. It's, it reminds me of somebody uh, that I might know uh, where you, somebody, you, you're friends with this person. They like you a lot, but their way of liking you is to just pick pick it pick you apart like pick at you and talk to you tell you all the things that you're mm -hmm. doing wrong or mm -hmm. how you should live your life or where mm -hmm. you went wrong but it's not because they don't like you it's ironically because they like you so much they care about you so much they want to see you succeed and they're the only way so with q it's sort of that way with him it's like gail and, and oprah yeah yeah it's like gail and oprah <laughs> And maybe the rest of the Q continuum, maybe that's normal among the Q continuum. That's how they show their love and appreciation, even though it's a little bit of a toxic relationship. But, um, you know, you, it's like a family member at this point. You like, okay, because yeah. Q is what he is. He's got to come over for uh, Thanksgiving, but that's what he's like. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> So anyway, I, I do find I do find that part of their relationship uh, fascinating. Completely, yeah. and I think yeah. um, I think what I find fascinating too is like the the only other time we see Q's kind of we've seen them be hurt by one another. You know, we've seen them mm -hmm. uh, that one Q who uh, the, the, when they were having that war, the yeah. Q war, which was like played mm -hmm. out through the battle and the Confederacy. Yeah. Um, where they brought uh, Janeway, and they also brought Q's wife, who is also play who also has played Worf's wife. Who I love that actress yeah. so very much. Yeah. She's fabulous. Mm -hmm. She's so good. Q has um, been on thir thirteen uh, episodes of Star Trek, it's, but he's been there like from the beginning of the Next Generation. So um, I'm looking up IMDb right now to see all the Q episodes in order. But he was on the Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager and uh lower decks so right. if there That's might right. be so there might be something else that i'm i'm missing in there but uh if hey listeners go to imdb and yeah. check out yeah. the q episodes in order it had it occurred to me that we are assuming that people who are listening to our podcast know exactly what we're talking about when we refer <laughs> ah. to something that mm. happened in the past mm -hmm. sure so we'll just maybe we'll try I'll try to interject. This happened at Encounter at Farpoint, uh, right. season one, episode one of The Next Generation is when we were first introduced to Q. Similarly, there's a uh, season one, episode eight. You can watch uh, uh, the battle and that's where we learn the history of the Stargazer, which is oh, yes. um, yeah. uh, Picard's ship now, his, the new Stargazer is mm -hmm. what we're, yeah. Yeah. That's I um... Go, Jason. Oh, I love this opening scene so much. Um, Picard season one was like, didn't really do it for me in part because it's like, it's in the name, Picard. It's a nostalgia trip. And then yeah. they spend mm -hmm. all this time on new characters. And it's like, all right, like, I don't dislike these characters, but like, what's he doing here? And it didn't entirely feel like I knew what he was doing in season one. And in season two, it finally feels like he's the main character. Um, and they actually have like a progression for him. Whereas season one, kind of like the person, the person from the old cast we got to see in a new light really was Data. And only in that little bit at the end where he's yeah. dying, like Data dying. I was like, that is yeah. something worth watching the show for. And like already, I feel like we're getting that so much in season two. 
Um, Q, like we've never seen Q like this before. Q is usually this jovial trickster god who's just there to cause mischief more than anything and delights in doing so. But here he's like, he's angry and vindictive, yeah. and he's like intent on punishing Picard. Love it, just love it. I feel like we're getting all this old stuff with an incredibly new take on it. And they've clearly like thought about it and done something to this old material to bring back. I agree with you, but I also felt like it was the show the subtitle would be called Picard and Friends. <laughs> and <laughs> that's also how it felt like to me. Picard and his friends. I thought they did a nice job of underlying, you know, this this shift of realities by the gallery of skulls of previous characters oh. we've known. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> So and like good Sarek. and bad, but like good <laughs> and bad are all like killed by Picard, right? Like yeah. Oldicott, yeah. Like, not a great guy, but General Martok also yeah. killed Sarek. Yeah. Sarek killed yeah. Sarek, great yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm also I'm also a big sucker for you know for some reason D Space Nine does not get referenced much in modern Star Trek. Really hasn't since it came off the air. So I yeah. love the fact that you're like, oh, here's just a Goldicott reference. Here's yeah. a General Martok reference. I love yeah. it. I love well, it. A direct Ben Cisco reference. The ben Cisco. Yeah, did you? Yes. <laughs> oh, I yes. so want Avery so Brooks as an antagonist. So happy. Oh my gosh. Like, I want Avery he's Brooks. He's still alive. He's yeah. still alive in this timeline. He didn't hook up with the uh That's the, true. What's the, uh, the 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 Bajoran the Bajoran uh, come prophets. on guys. My brain the the Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Wait, he is that how these space nine ends? No. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. He hooks That's up okay. with the prophets. He, he they get he get he marries a prophet and they have prophet babies. He gets raptured, basically. Gets <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but says he'll be it's, back. He's yeah, not dead. He doesn't yeah. die, but he's he just hangs out with the prophets for a while. That's yes. not a spoiler. That sounds pretty good. I'm not yeah. mad about a prophet hang. I don't know. The yeah. ending of Deep Space Nine was a little. Uh, <laughs> the the the, the everything is was, not my favorite. Like but, I yeah. love every single part of that seven episode series. No, ex- Chris, seven episode never, ending. Chris didn't see it yeah. yet. That's yeah, we've not told to spoil him. It. I'm not. I'm not going to say more of what happens. Don't we've say already more. Like spoiled. What... <laughs> no, we've left it. We've left it open enough. He's he's intrigued. I was making he, great he progress. No more. I was making great progress in Deep Space Nine, and then I sort of stymied and was watching other things. And then I went back and watched because someone implied that um, uh, when they're uh, when they're um, interrogating Bashir, when they think that he's part of section so, so, some other thing. That there's some like gay element, but there isn't. They just made it look like he kissed the guy who was interrogating him. So me, of course, fully queer baited, went back to look at it, and that's the last episode <laughs> I've seen because I was like, "Did they kiss? They didn't. Okay, never mind." <laughs> Did they you kiss? <laughs> Did they kiss? Yeah. But once again, not the episode we're talking about. I'll, I'll, describe, yeah. I'll describe this next scene, and we and we can keep the, the lively conversation going. So seven <laughs> of nine awakens to learn that she has never been well, assimilated. Wait, wait, one more thing. One more thing. Go go go. Yeah. I feel like they heavily hint that this is the mirror universe, right? Like. Q even says, through a mirror darkly. He does say that. I actually did not take it that way. I actually took it as what Picard is in right now is an extension of our universe. Our current reality. Yeah, which is not the mirror. Well, the, that, the mirror. Well, oh, that's yeah. What it turn- well, right. that's what it turns out to be, but maybe they were trying to just, like, bait and switch us just yeah. a little bit, just to, like, maybe... Yeah. What, what is it? We don't know yet, kind of thing. Yeah, could be. Uh, yeah, because they got me. They, make... they absolutely got me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotcha, they man. make the 
they make the direct reference to maybe this is reaching they make their direct reference to you know like they you know destroyed their you know like the the ozone the you know climate change all that kind of stuff and I'm, you know mm -hmm. and, and there's one part of me that's basically just like oh huge message message coming in and the other there's my other part of me going like but that's fine um you know so yeah yeah so seven of nine awakens to learn that she has never been assimilated in this reality making her body completely free of the board collective's cybernetic implants Seven is startled to discover that she is married in this world and has recently taken power as the president of the Confederation, personally overseeing an ongoing war for the conquest of Vulcan. Um, Chris Rios is in the middle of the conflict serving as a colonel for the Confederation and coming to his senses during a harrowing space battle against the Vulcan Defense Force. Uh, realizing Rios has retained his memories of the past reality, Seven summons him to meet with her privately while they both maintain their cover. And meanwhile, in the slums on Earth, Elnor finds himself among a group of insurgents carrying out terrorist attacks on major cities in reprisal for atrocities committed on different planets. Elnor is cornered by the military only to be rescued by Raffi, who also retains her memories of the prime reality and takes him in custody to spare him and maintain their ruse before the authorities. Um, Seven and her husband meet with Agnes Gerardi, who begins to recall her past life before she realizes she has been placed in charge of monitoring the captive Borg Queen. They bring out the queen, and the queen senses that the timeline has been tampered with as Seven's husband grows suspicious of this and how the queen addresses uh, his wife. Um, I was super, super obsessed. Um, I loved all the bring them all together, but I was very obsessed with the board queen being like, what's up? What's going on here? When our realities are interfacing. <laughs> yeah. And then just reading Agnes Gerardi. She's like, you've never fit in anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally reading her. It's like, yeah. So good. What did y'all think? I see you, Agnes Gerardi. I see you. <laughs> you nerd. I, 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 I really enjoyed the way they played this too, especially because the Borg Queen is part of it, but I really like, you know, like I love time travel stories, but like the weakest part is always like the, wait, what's how going are we going to do on? it? Like yeah. alternate yeah. timeline. And I like how I this one just it. kind of cut to the chase and it's basically just like, yeah. like everyone, no one has quite this reaction, but everyone is almost basically just like, oh, okay, alternate time, right, 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 got it, okay. I'm oh, this other person. Do the time travel and, thing, neat, yeah, yeah. cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah, cool, yeah. cool, I got it, all right. You know, like I can be another person for a bit. And the Borg Queen, you know, you know, and similarly is basically just like, oh, somebody fucking with time again. All right, fine. Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's like, not, it's not surprising. It's more just like, oh, it's one of these fucking things again. All right, got it. Cool. In all of these Star Trek, in all of these Star Trek series, when they go to a dark timeline or a mirror universe or whatever you call it, their dark versions have really great hair. Oh, yes. Like, oh, yeah, like especially hair, Picard. Their hair is so much better. <laughs> In the dark version. Come I'm on. Sorry, Carrie. I'm, I'm sorry. You're serious. right. You're, absolutely, you're absolutely serious, right. It's a serious hair talk right now. But also, like, they, it's it's an excuse for them to explore the kind of hair their characters would never wear as their like real yeah. selves. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I love I that evil that. Picard uh, drinks espresso instead of Earl Grey. And he's like, yeah. "What is this? <laughs> what what fresh hell is this? What fresh hell?" Um. They also the um. The uh, Annika Hansen and her um her uh husband servant husband slash servant slash I know yeah, big dominatrix energy it, right there. Well, yeah. Big beta well, cuck yeah. vibes. They're very pardon my language. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I was the the only relationship that sprung to mind watching this is the the Queen of Hearts and the King of Hearts and the Alice in Wonderland. Cartoon. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's what this is. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. He's like, yes, dear. <laughs> Off with their heads. Just here I go. Yes, whatever you want, dear. You're in charge. Yeah, right. Very much that. <laughs> but he kind of like gets that something is off from the beginning. Um, because he didn't yeah, get his he, morning whipping. So he's like, yeah. what's going on yeah. here? <laughs> Why am I not like, on my knees? Yeah, Annika <laughs> is not just, you know, the president. She's his wife. So he yeah. is attuned to her. Um, yeah. Yeah. He probably ha- is charting her cycles. And so she knows, Ooh. he knows that she's off. She's oh, off of her okay. cycle. And that's that's what every subjugated husband will do. Yeah, good husbands, <laughs> make sure you get on that Peloton. Can confirm. <laughs> Ooh, we're getting in dangerous territory. Uh-huh. I tried to swing it back. I tried to swing it back with the Peloton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will, so I will say I did love, I did love, uh, human Annika Hansen doing a seven of nine systems check yes. in the mirror. Yes. She's like, mm-hmm. diagnostic, checking in. Yeah, Let me check the calculations. Too. It's still there. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this, yeah. I, you know, she still retains um, mm-hmm. her like super intelligence and, and what what have you and computation it's, skills. It's like, it's it's her default mode or it's like when you boot up a computer, it's her safe mode. Where yeah. it's basically just like, all right, yeah. I got to get this core done for, and then we can, yeah. I love that. I, would, right. I should do a systems check every morning too. That's, I mean, that's I think like we're good, meant to yeah. be and I've been Ooh. skipping it for at least two decades. I've been skipping so. my systems check and that yeah. explains that. Yeah. No, I, I wrote that it's like the most logical pers- logical reaction I've ever seen to someone wondering if they're in a dream. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That is the most mm-hmm. logical reaction. No? Yeah, she's like pain, pain test. smell, yeah. Smell, yeah. Yeah, I can't smell in a dream. No. Um, uh, and that was a Patton Oswalt, Patton Oswalt cameo, right? Was that the cat? Was the cat? Oh Patton yeah, he Oswalt? was the voice of Agnes Girardi's yeah. little like yeah, e- cat e friend. Yeah, yeah, that was love cute. that. I love, I love that. I love the little Patton Oswalt cat. It, can- I love when he shows up and stuff. I just do. It, it felt very un Star Trek, but I loved it at yeah. the same time. Yeah, like, yeah. I just mm-hmm. like to have her like talking to oh, like I, I have this know. weird cartoon friend thing, like. Yeah, because it's like kind like, of like yeah. sorry. No, but I, but I mean the Pat and Oswald. Uh, it's like when I'm ever I'm watching a show and he shows up in it. I'm like Pat and Oswald. Like I've yeah, like it's a I've positive caught thing. like mm-hmm. a little bit of a like a, a scavenger, a Pat and Oswald scavenger hunt, and I check him off on my list like a bingo card. Like God found him, <laughs> Pat and Oswald. There I've loved him. I've loved him for many decades. He's such a great comedian. Um, yeah. Um, and if you guys like his, some, some, some of his old comedy, along with some other great comedians, you should see the Comedians of Comedy, which is, uh, it's, it's uh, oh, yeah. Patton, Maria Bamford, um, uh, uh, Brian Posehn, is that his name? And, yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and Zach Galifianakis, but they're all like, mm-hmm. it's like literally 15 years ago. So before a lot of them have come to since more, more prominence, it's a, it's a great, it's a, I highly recommend. Oh, the cat's name was Spot too, which is funny. Oh, Spot seventy three. Spot seventy three. <laughs> yeah, that's like uh, pretty funny. bleak. I don't know. It, I feel like the reason it stuck out to me is that it seemed like very bleak in a realistic way, and I feel like Star Trek doesn't do that very often. Like when it's bleak, it's very theatrical. But to have like a oh yeah, the future is like if you want a friend, you have to get a talking cat like that from that lives on your computer. I feel like that's just bleak and kind of real. <laughs> Or I think they're also trying to make us feel like Agnes is, is like is like it's just like us. Like she's like she's lonely like yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 There always is a per character on Star Trek where the, there's one character who's probably your like window into yeah. the mm-hmm. into the Star Trek world. Like, oh I can I can exist here too. Agnes Gerardi is doing it. I can do it too. Like you could just see yourself in it. 
I don't love it. I don't love that. I also don't love it. I get it, but I get it. Like, I get it, but I don't love yeah, it. Yeah, I'm used to seeing myself through Deanna Troy, not through Agnes Gerardi. <laughs> Jeez. I feel like I also like how like this universe like very specifically almost like it was written basically but like th th this is fine. Mm -hmm. like this is always a conceit of like an alternate timeline where it's just like hey guess what every important character on the show is just as important in this alternate timeline yeah. maybe even more important but like everyone mm -hmm. is kind of being negged here by their alternate self kind of where it's you know whether it's Picard just like I'm this great explorer it's like no you're a tyrant and Agnes just like I'm getting my life back together I have friends like no you have no friends um I, I just I just yeah. like that I also think that, um, um, sorry, someone was just exiting my, my apartment, and so you may have heard a door slam, just, uh, just like, um, you know, everyone has ever left Agnes Gerardi making her feel alone the way she does. Um, <laughs> good segue. Thank wow. you very much. Um, let me just, I'll just read, let me read the rest of this episode, then we can just talk about what we've got left, unless anyone has anything else pressing from this last... No? no? Okay, great. So reuniting at the Confederation headquarters, Picard deduces that Q changed something in the past to cause this reality rather than creating a parallel dimension. And through a conversation with the Borg Queen, pinpoints this divergence to a single event in Los Angeles 2024. With time travel needed to restore the timeline, the group reluctantly admits they need the Queen to precisely calculate when to arrive in the past to stop Q. However, this plan is further complicated by the Queen <clears throat> said to be personally executed by Picard before an adoring public to mark the complete eradication of the Borg. Um, Gerardi and Rios calculate a way to transport the Queen and the rest of the group directly to Rios's ship, <clears throat> interrupting the execution as Gerardi plugs the Queen into the ship's power source. The group is boarded by a Confederation strike force led by Seven's husband. Um, Elnor is grievously wounded in the resulting skirmish with everyone else held at gunpoint as Picard is proclaimed a traitor to the Confederation, threatening to end this mission to restore reality before it can even truly begin in earnest. Um, yeah. What do we think of the, the ending? <clears throat> I was expecting, yeah, I was expecting them to get away. I was too. I was kind of taken aback. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. They made it not easy. I, um, Something that stood out to me, the only thing that stood out to me in this show was like, oh, that shouldn't be, um, is when Raffi didn't know who Q was. Because if Raffi went through the Federation, they study the Q because oh, yeah. this is mm, this is what point. this is what this is what the mission logs are for. If they don't, if you aren't, why are you making these daily mission logs? They go back to Starfleet. They are analyzing the data and they give it to their future generation to learn about mm -hmm. all these cultures and things. So everything that has been in a real if this was real life everything that happened to shatner would be studied everything that happened to picard it would become part of the curriculum so you would study q you wait everything that happened to shatner would be studied or everything that happened to kirk shatner <laughs> yeah she meant she meant shatner. i'm sorry i said sorry. shatner and she meant shatner <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't take anything back everything i say is on purpose and i never make a mistake they, they, all, they all have to listen to the William Shatner Benfold <laughs> Slam Poetry album. <laughs> yeah. It's required material yeah. at Starfleet Academy. <laughs> yeah, but really, why else would you make those mission logs? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I would love it if they had just done a thing of just like Raffi just being like, I don't know who that, and everyone else should be like, did you not read the, like, like, what are you yeah, trying to Yeah, did you not read yeah. it? And, and, <laughs> and then, and then yeah. she tried to play it off like, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah sure, we're right. I remember that. Oh, that what Q. Makes, uh, yeah, 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 oh, that yeah. Q. So what makes that it interesting Q. is that Q is the one who introduced them to the Borg. Q threw them all the way out in the right. Delta Quadrant. The Borg knew they existed. They knew the Borg existed because of Q. So Q right. sped up that process. Um, so we're, we're seeing these sort of two concepts come together in this series because we got, we got Q and the Borg again. Yeah. So I also love I also love that um, when they're talking about how to do the time travel, it inevitably came back to all the different mm -hmm. ways it's happened. But really, my favorite yeah. version, which is the psychedelic uh, 1984, yeah. whatever year it is, um, yeah. Star Trek for slingshot around the sun. Yeah. Um, yes. but we, and they're like, we can't do that. We would need spots. We need someone for that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason that worked is because it's, and then it's like so we got to bring the board queen. Yeah. The poor queen. Oh no! It felt very yeah. like I don't yeah. know. There's no yeah. way to write around that. Like it's too insane. <laughs> but no, I actually, I, I know it was kind of like, oh, that's too easy. But having I love the it. Borg queen ha have to help them is yeah. really mm -hmm. interesting. Super interesting. It feels some, like a fan wrote it. Like, what if you know? I I love it. I love it. I love it. I love Card having her as the reason to. to, to they, they need her, and she has to go there, and they've got to save her. Oh yeah, all that stuff is so good. Um, yeah. And uh, did you catch the Adam Soong hologram? Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah. in front mm -hmm. of the, wherever they were in LA or San the, Francisco, wherever they were. Wasn't it the presidential palace? Like in front of the presidential, presidential palace, palace, but I don't remember if it was LA or San Francisco. I, don't I think it was San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco. San Francisco. And uh, so Adam Soong, Another Soong. I'm trying to look up a Soong family tree because we got Noonien Soong, we got mm -hmm. Adam Soong. There's a, and Soong for all of our for all of our listeners is always played by um, Brett Spiner. Uh, Brett Spiner. Because is that what just what we're going with at this point? That every single Soong in the family tree looks like yes. Brent Spiner. And okay. I think that that holograms, except for Juliana Soong, but she wasn't born in. She married in. Right. So right. she married in. She was so spared. That was a, but that was a hologram of Brent Spiner. So I think we're going to see Adam Soong, I think, uh, coming yeah. up in the next mm -hmm. episodes. We're going to mm -hmm. see Brent Spiner as Adam Soong, and he's going to be integral to whatever they have to subvert. They're probably going to have to stop Adam Soong or something like that. Well, uh, what, do you, what do you think he does in the future that gets him a hologram? Uh, well, I think he started this whole we, uh, humanity first uh, He started concept. we work. And then that we led work. to the he humanity first. We work. Yeah. <laughs> however, however they're phrasing it, uh, safe galaxy is a human galaxy. Uh -huh. I think uh -huh. I think that's what that is. Mm -hmm. And the Maybe reason the... why I know that, and the reason why I know that is because that's what it says on uh, Memory Alpha. Oh. So Memory Alpha. Has... No, Memory Alpha knows. My God. Yeah. Memory yeah. Alpha it knows. It contains multitudes. Yeah. Yeah. I. I... How many Soongs? How many Soongs can you list, guys? Wait, Jay, Jay, did you, Jay, were you saying something? Yeah. Um, I. You know what? I'm wondering. Q. There's a line that Q says to Picard at the beginning of the episode. Q's kind of like. I know he he's sort of like having 
I don't know how to describe, but he, he, one thing he says to Picard that I'm still thinking about is that he says, I'm tired of you changing in all the ways that don't matter. Mm. And I'm still thinking about what the way that he wants Picard to change is. I think the only, yeah. like I sort of last episode I talked about like recasting Picard's duty as like a burden, his right. like commitment to duty as a burden. <clears throat> That's an option, but I'm, but I'm wondering like what the other options are. I think that could be it. I think I think eternally what Q has been trying to do is get Picard to have more fun and do Listen more things for himself. And so it'd be more selfish. So I think I think I don't know. Or in some way, I, I, it's, it's interesting to see what what Q really wants. I've also been thinking of all the people that I can say that to that line he said to Picard. I just you've been changing it all these different ways, but never in the way I want you to, or whatever. I want to bring that to my real life, really cause some chaos. <laughs> see if I can see if I can make my mom cry at dinner this Sunday with yes. that line. Slap uh, them when they disagree. <laughs> yeah, well, that's well, well, and and that's what's always been so fascinating about Q to me, especially in like his more serious appearances, which this is continuing from because like it's not just that he's like like he's very much like a you know like a trickster god kind of thing, but also he has this like weird like perverse paternal thing that going on basically with humanity. Like the first time they mate, you know, he puts them on trial, you know, but right. afterwards he kind of adopts them like a pet. And even when he's cruel to them, like introducing them to the Borg, it's this kind of like, well, this is tough love. This is like, you need to toughen up. So, you know, um, and just like the, the minutia of how many lives might, you know, we lose while this happens just doesn't mean anything to him. He's about the species, not um, just with an affection for Picard in particular. And I, yeah, I am curious because like this is definitely an extension of in the very last episode of Next Gen, he does this thing of, you know, like the reason the trial never ends is because you need to show this spark of bettering yourself, of changing yourself. And the minute you start thinking about like paradoxes and the fact that, you know, effect can precede cause and like things like that mm -hmm. and, 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 and getting out of your linear existence, that shows promise. And I'm wondering everything that's going on, how that extends from that or how that informs that. I'm, 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 I'm really wondering what, Picard, what, what Q's next step is here. Is 2024 a date of any significance in Star Trek? No, but it is our next election. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, oof, big oof. I, I, I want to say, actually, election, I should say, well, yeah, well, yeah. So, um, um, I want to say too, I think in Star Trek history, isn't this right around, I, that's right around the time when there's this great two-parter of Deep Space Nine early on, basically where they go back to the, um, they call them the, the Bell Riots, oh, which is basically yes. when they start, yeah, mm. um, when they move the homeless uh, all oh. to like, yeah, like basically so right, like a prison sanctuaries, city. Sanctuaries, yeah. right? They call sanctuary sanctuaries. districts, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're basically, um, and you're right, prison cities. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's right around then because it's like, it's very, you know, I, I I don't I don't have don't have the research in front of me, but I feel like it's not too far away from where we would be now. So that yeah. that date might be important. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, love it's another. Important. Yeah, it's important on the timeline of Star Trek. They're putting another point on the our uh, <laughs> timeline yeah. map of uh, Star Trek <clears throat> canon. I guess what twenty twenty four. Wow, going back to the that's I love that the show is not ignoring Deep Space Nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. That's exciting. Cool. That's so cool. 2024. Nice. Who do we, who do we think that the, because they, they do say when they go back in time, there is a watcher there who can help yeah. them. Who I do we know. think that's going to be? Guinan. Guinan, definitely. Yeah. You mm -hmm. think? How many well, other she, watchers you know? 
it's established that because there's a next gen two-parter where Guinan is um you know back in the like the 1900s that's when she's talking to Mark Twain yeah she's hanging out with Mark Twain I do love that yeah could be those people those people who are like taking souls with that skull like it's like a snake thing whatever it's like a a a cane of some sort Yeah. yeah yep Guinan's another one too, where like I, I I love that she's just getting to be an old hand at this now. She's like, are oh, you not the time traveler? Okay, fine, yeah. All right, I won't yeah. meet you for a couple hundred years. All right, great, yeah, yeah. Let's just do this. Come on. And we have been uh, waiting for the showdown between Q and Guinan, you know, where she can do oh, those hands again. Yeah, yeah. the hands. Like... We need the hands. <laughs> okay, it might be her. That might have been her one cameo in the first episode, or it could be her. We don't know. We don't know. Because the only issue with that I see is if we've now established that she looks the way she does, Whoopi Goldberg's current age, because she's kept up with the times. Ah, good going point. back in time, looking that way would might be a a, um, a sticking point. But I know I wouldn't be mad. I would I would certainly accept it if they found a way to to, to work around it. I do not want CGI Guinan though, because they're already doing that yeah. in other shows in a way I don't enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> CGI Guinan, yeah. Well, not to get off topic, but like when we were doing Trek in the News and they talked about just recasting Captain Kirk, I was like, yes, absolutely, do that. Don't do like CGI baby-faced Kirk. I don't want that. No, 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 no. <laughs> Apparently they're doing that on the Goldbergs because someone just like went out of their contract. <laughs> I saw this. And it is truly disturbing. It is. Well, it is... Goldbergs? Jeff, yeah, well, Jeff Garland. It's one of those sitcoms we were talking yeah. about. It sounds like, yeah, I was about to say it sounds like prime <laughs> CBS, CBS television. <laughs> Jeff, no, Jeff Garland left the show because um, there was a whole controversy like maybe about a year or so ago about like how he treats um the female persons who work on that show um and so they cgi'd him like over like a body double basically for a key scene like uh it's i don't watch the show but someone posted the clip wow. and it's just like it's just as eerie as it sounds because yeah, it's, it's some uncanny yeah. valley stuff going on it, yeah it's yeah. not even a great oh, effect yeah. when it's done well and it's not done well here so it's <laughs> well that's what you get but that's what you get but right, that's and what also like yeah to the people trying to struggle through after this person has behaved badly and had yeah. to leave the show i feel bad yeah, yeah. for them but mm-hmm. they have to deal yeah. with this this annoying yeah. thing on a show they're probably mm-hmm. enjoying doing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, did you I, did you enjoy the sort of the theater of uh, Picard pretending he was going to shoot the board queen? That whole like weird that assembly honestly reminded me of um, the judgment room in Encounter at Farpoint. Yeah, you know, those people yelling yeah, at, yeah, at yeah. Picard mm-hmm. to like, and they're all very dressed much in, so. like, dark outfits mm-hmm. in this like yeah. dimly lit mm-hmm. like red misted room. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. I, what I really enjoyed, I loved seeing Picard. Picard really leaned into the martial cruelty of his alternate ego character in that moment where he like stops the cadet from trying to arrest and interrogate Rafi mm-hmm. um, when they're outside the palace. And we saw Picard try and put on a character within the show last season oh, when they right, go to yeah. the like libertarian yeah, city. <laughs> Yeah, and he's not good. And then he's not he good. had it here. Yeah. He really had it here. Yes. Well, he's yeah. putting on this like that's really like a French nobleman, and it just it doesn't fit. Well, and the thing is, you know, what we know about Picard and his whole history of the series we watched is that he would be good at this because he's done it before. He's gone undercover. He's joined, mm-hmm. you know, terrorist cells to infiltrate. And so I think the, the thing that happened last season is almost actually the the exception and not how we, we really would yeah. have gone. Because he actually does know what he's doing. <laughs> he does, yeah. And that, that one just really didn't. But this one, mm, he really leaned. Okay, yeah. and that brings me, I feel like going back to, to what Mike said about how kind of everyone, whenever there's a time travel, everyone has to wake up and kind of like figure out what's going on. I feel like everyone got it pretty fast, except yes. for Agnes. <laughs> 
who's yeah. like fumbling like hours after she's come into it and like <laughs> by the second time you meet the submissive husband of the president who like is clearly suspicious you maybe shouldn't be fumbling so much and like inventing fantastical stories about the president of earth being your drinking buddy yeah like, yeah Come on. well i mean can oh, we seven beers that's why we call her I, seven i mean yeah. yeah i'm also personally just don't like awkward as a character trait in like sure. tv characters yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i just think it's kind so of this is why you're struggling with discovery where it is a rampant oh. uh <laughs> But I mean, yeah. I actually really like it in one of the characters because that character isn't always awkward. They're just awkward sometimes. But then there is another character who's left who is awkward all the time mm -hmm. as a way of life. Just and say my name, Jay, if you're going to talk about <laughs> Chris Newcomer! <laughs> <laughs> awkward all the damn time. No, it's um, just lazy. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There, I feel like you can't... There, there aren't people in real life who are awkward all the time. They're usually just in an environment that doesn't suit them. Yeah. And if you think they're awkward all the time, it's because you're part of the environment that doesn't suit them. Yeah. That's a good point. I also really love, I, I, I know, like we were just talking about how, like, I enjoyed how quickly it skips over the, like, where am I? Let's, what's going on with the exception of Agnes. But I really enjoyed the tension, too, of, like, when Seven, uh, calls Rios for the first time and she has to get on a secure line, all that kind of stuff. And they're both, like, they're, 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 they're both doing the, like, you know, like, uh, you know, like dead yeah, air right. on the other end of the uh, of the phone, basically going like, <laughs> "All right, who wants to say something? Are you in on this yeah. too?" Yeah, I need right. to, and that, that was really well done. I really. It would it. be funny if instead of saying seven, he was like, uh, "What time do you have? I have seven Yes, oh, yeah. that would have been awesome. <laughs> I have seven of nine o'clock. <laughs> seven of nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be so funny. I, I funny. am just like distracted. My mind, like I'm. I'm, I come, it's hard for me to focus on what you guys are talking about because my mind is, is starting to obsess with the soon family. Oh, and no. since You're I started out. talking about the soon, I'm spinning <laughs> out, I'm spinning out. But, uh, so there was Eric, Eric soon, A-R-I-K. And, uh, you can see episodes of him on, uh, Enterprise. Oh, um, I didn't know. Played by Brent Spiner? Played by, Brent played by Brent Spiner, season four, Borderlands. So, and that was year twenty one fifty four. So, you what you need to know is that there was something called the eugenics war between nineteen ninety two and nineteen ninety six, which I have a problem with because when they went back to that time in Voyager, they they didn't mention the eugenics war. It just but seemed like is, L.A. as it was in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, there was a eugenics war. Um, and so Eric soon and the, yes. And the, which was the future according to the original series, Star Trek. But, but that was like done. 30 years in the future. That's a bold prediction well, to make about 30 years in the future. it was a bold prediction and that's what they did. But that resulted in Khan <laughs> and, uh, the wrath of Khan because, uh, Khan was uh, genetically, um, altered human who, you know, became super uber powerful and started controlling the world. So Eric soon decided that he didn't, he thought that there should be genetic engineering. So he started augmenting uh, humans to have super human-like traits. So once again, they started, when started going con on everybody and getting really mm -hmm. these giant uh, egos. Um, and uh, side side note in that in that series, they we learned that the Klingons start 
uh, <laughs> experimenting with human uh, augment DNA and the Klingons lost their forehead for a little bit. So they <laughs> that explains that away. Um, so that oh, was- Oh, from Eric. when they, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So 2154, and then Nunez doing it, that is the, the creator of Data, also played by Brent Spiner. Uh, Nunez soon created Data and Lore and four. And Juliana soon. And a robotic wife, yeah. yeah. No, 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 there was three. There was three because it was Data and uh, Lore and there's a prototype. And, and the B, prototype- and oh, yeah. B4, before, before. Mm -hmm. and B4, so Data uh, passed away uh, heroically in uh, the last uh, Next Generation movie. Um, Nemesis. Nemesis. And was we were only left with B4. Now B4 couldn't handle all of that processing power of data, so it was unsuccessful. And B4 was taken apart and put into drawers that were uh, that was you know being taken care of by Agnes Gerardi. And so it all it's all coming together. All it's coming all together. coming together, mm -hmm. guys. Look and uh, so Adam Soon, now who is in the year of 2054, was also played by Brent Spiner, is even earlier than Eric Soon. So supposedly post-eugenics or pre-current um, Star Trek timeline. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, well, thank you. Thank you uh, for the, yeah. the Soon deep dive. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, a little Soon Just... deep dive for you. I love how it's basically it's established that this is just going to build on the idea that the Soongs are basically just a family, like a, a generations of mad scientists. I just yeah. kind of mm -hmm. love that. It's like young Frankenstein. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to take up the family business. And how we can bring Brent Spiner <laughs> back into the fold without him having yes. to be Data. Because mm -hmm. I don't think Data died this heroic death like we can't we can't bring him back because that just sort of negates his whole character arc so like but yeah. Brent Spiner can still be involved like we could still you and know. Brent Spiner can do a lot more things than just play data he's a great actor so sure great. yeah, yeah. yeah. those chances oh, yeah. you can also bring water for the rest of the cast <laughs> uh, no, Brent Spiner is actually a really good actor. <laughs> and, and he's a Sondheim guy. He was in the original cast of Sunday in the Park with George. Yeah, that's yes, right. Yes, he was. I, I learned that, that recently. Yeah. That. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All these um, musical and, theater guys end up on Star Trek. Yeah, that was that's what I was trying to do. I don't know what I did wrong, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they weren't putting any drag queens on Star Trek, I guess. Um, yeah. On that note, though, what do we think? Any any uh, final thoughts? Any any recommendations on the uh, on this episode or any other things to check out? I'm super excited yeah. about where this season is going to go because yeah. I really feel like these these two episodes they really they they really establish kind of like a a fun energy like they're they're kind of you know reestablishing some of the cast members in really intriguing ways and I loved how like I, like I said they kind of cut to the chase with all the alternate timeline stuff where it's like now we got to get everybody together and and go off and have an adventure so now we're having the adventure really excited the future history stuff all that I'm 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 stoked. If my this is... recommendation is my recommendation is to go back and watch all the do all your homework, watch all those episodes that I pointed out to you. You got a Locutus episode uh, that is uh, uh, the best of both worlds, season three, episode twenty six, season four, episode one, best of both worlds. That's where you learn about Locutus. You got the battle, uh, season one, episode eight. Uh, uh, that's a Stargazer. You got all those Q episodes. You got 
like 13, 14 Q episodes to watch and you got all those Eric Soong episodes to watch. So uh, go go watch those and uh, join us at the next. <laughs> uh. <laughs> or just join us and feel no need, no burden yeah. to actually. No burden to talk about it. And I just want to say we didn't talk about it. And I, we talked about it, but I just wanted to reiterate how cool it was to see all those skulls. Those it skulls were awesome. Oh, yeah. The those skull skulls room. Were the, the skull room was the coolest. They're all like, yeah. they're yeah. all like put up with like a plaque on a pedestal, like in a museum. Yeah. Bullet you know, I, through do you know what head. it reminded me of? And this is so funny. So you know how you in Animal Crossing you can dig up um, uh, yeah. fossils. And you I put do. Them yes. In the museum. It was very similar to my <laughs> Animal Crossing museum. And I was like, what if at my Animal Crossing museum I'm just digging up skulls of uh, yeah. famous Star Trek characters? Yeah. That would be my favorite game yeah. of all time. That'd be amazing. Yes. It's so interesting to think of like, oh, there's skulls under their face. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to, you know, cast aspersions on, you know, on characters or whatnot, but I'm going to say too, like, in all the interests of like saving time, if you wake up in a parallel universe, I'm going to say too, if you like wake up and your body's the same, but all your environs have changed and you're trying to be like, is this a good future or a bad future? If you walk into a room and you have a dedicated skull room, it's a bad future. <laughs> bad future. Yeah. I think Picard knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he had a feeling. Well, he really, he, feeling. Feeling. he really knew it when and, his cup of Earl Grey was a cup of espresso. Yeah, and then he had all those <laughs> Romulan slaves, those Romulan slaves that were afraid of him. That yeah. was an oh awesome. yeah, oh that was yeah, that was, that was a cool touch. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. not yeah. a good sign either. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, my conclusion. I just did a kick, but you can't see it because it's off camera. I felt it though. I felt in my spirit. Felt the kick. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my conclusion is that this is the first piece of new Trek I don't feel uneasy about in any way. Mm. Um, That's great. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. If this is if this is what it is. I'm very happy, and it's like Aww. new. It's different, but it pays homage and also thinks about things and changes them because, like otherwise, why are you showing them? Right. I love I'm that. happy. Yeah. That's I'm a good point. Yeah, that's 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 what I kept thinking about to that first Q scene where it's like we're not just bringing them back to bring them back. We're we're going right. somewhere with this, and I always like yeah. that. Well, good. And um, on that note, I think maybe we can we can wrap this wonderful episode up to a close. Thank you, my friends. Once again, our our panel today has been Carrie Coleman Hinnis. We're getting a little applause there. Yes, Jay Nim. Take a bow. There you go. Mike Henley. Michael Henley, I'm sorry, I always call you Mike. I know you prefer Michael. Uh, I'm Chris That's Newcomer. Fine. I'm Chris Newcomer, your host. Woo! We will end Woo! by singing Let I'm Me Be Your Star from Smash. I'm Here we poor. go. Fade okay. in on a girl. <laughs> with a girl. Pop, no. <laughs> and and to end and to end we will sing a song that only Chris knows. <laughs> oh,